Welcome, dead and lovely listeners, to the second annual month of No Vampire, where Dead and Lovely, your favorite horror movie review podcast, and all the known multiverse shall be covering only vampire movies for the entire month due to popular demand. Here with the host with the most, it's me, I'm Uncle Ben. And me, Hollywood Steve, and I gotta get it out of the way. We just recorded a video <laughs> in which we drank five cocktails. We did. And I had had a couple of beers before that. Yes. As have I. So so we're kind of already pretty fucked up. Kind of already drunk. So, hey, this episode, uh, the, our drink lineup yeah. is H2O. Yeah, it's water. <laughs> Surprise. We're going to be drinking water during the show. Because we're, we're already pretty drunk. This is already setting a multitude of records for the podcast. So this mm-hmm. is this is the most fucked up we've been at the start of the show. Yep. I've been more fucked up by the end of the show. Uh, yeah. For I've, sure. Yeah, like, I've been the way, Wraith. The Wraith, yes. <laughs> I think, uh, what was it? Was it Friday 13th Part 3? We got uh-huh. pretty trashed on that, We too. did. We, that was fun. That was fun. That was good. <laughs> that movie's bad. This is also, I think, the latest that we've ever started the show. Yeah. It's about 2.30 in the morning. Yeah, right we now. just recorded <laughs> four videos, two yeah. mini-sodes of the podcast. Yep, yep. Yeah. So we've been at it kind of all day. Uh-huh. And also, this is the second annual month of No Vampire. I was so wow. excited to see this that that we posted on the uh, on our, our wonderful Facebook group. Uh-huh. Where, where can they find that? Uh, Facebook. Just go on there. Search You'll find dead it. and lovely. See what, see what happens. <laughs> see what happens. Maybe yeah. it'll take you there. But we posted earlier in October, like, hey, do you guys want to see No Vampire again? And actually. Tons of people responded that, yeah, absolutely yeah. they do. They love the tradition of us yeah. doing vampire movies in November. So, I like it, too. There yeah. are so many vampire movies, too. And throughout the year, I don't think we've done a vampire movie outside of November. I guess technically Monster Squad has a vampire. Oh, I think we did something else that was yeah. outside of that. Surely we did. Yeah. I don't know. It's, ni- it's nice to be able to dive into vampires because... Like vampire, the genre of, of vampire movies, yeah, actually spans it's so very broad. many different genres. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's something we were talking about before we started recording and stuff today. Is like when you look at zombie movies, it's like okay, there's fast zombies and there's slow zombies. Yeah, but pretty much they're all the same sort of thing. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Uh, minus the zombie comedy here and there. Yeah, or the the zomcom. The zomcom, it's called. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> Warm Bodies, did you see that one? I actually or haven't Life seen that. After Beth? No, I haven't seen it. Life After Beth is the better of the two, but they're really? both they're both pretty good. Life After Beth has Aubrey Plaza and oh, Matthew like Gray Goobler, who is great. Goobler. Uh-huh. Goobler. That's something like Swedish Chef says a lot. Goobler Goobler. Goobler. <laughs> I like that. So we posted up a variety of vampire flicks for you guys to vote on on the Facebook group. And you guys selected your favorite choices for the month. Yeah. And we're going to be doing those all month, starting with today's selection, which is Near Dark, which, ironically enough... That was our first episode. The Legendary Lost. That we lost yeah. in the recording or whatever. Something got corrupted. I definitely fucked that one up. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> That was all me. Ben got corrupted by Satan. Our Dark Lord, of course, came into his heart and oh, said, no, it was This Jesus. episode it was Jesus is shit. Yeah. No, it was the Great Mormon. Oh, the Great Mormon with his flaming pumpkins. Yeah, he came down he, on he his came glider. To me and was like, here's what you do, son. And he you was like, I'll get way. you, Spider-Man. <laughs> Correct. So it's pretty cool that here we are, you know, what, two years or so, almost? Yeah, I mean, definitely when we recorded that first one, it was about 
four months before we ever actually posted an episode. Yeah, yeah. So we had to do all those retreads where yeah. I figured out I'd corrupted a lot of the audio That's on those fun. earlier shows. It was awesome. Yeah, it was definitely cool, man. Build up that future Ben and Steve yeah. mythos and stuff. It was uh-huh. a lot of fun. So it's really cool to be back here where we began at our prototype episode talking yeah. about Near Dark again, which is a blast. It's so great. Yeah. It's a really, really I'm really glad cool that this got picked because this movie is just, to me, I think it's really revolutionary for 80s action slash horror. Sure. Sure, definitely so. So I look forward to deep diving into this thing with you today, Steve. It's going to be a dang good time. And also, too, our Dead and Level listeners have picked out a lot of other really great vampire flicks for us to cover throughout the month. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. But Steve, what have you been watching this week? Um, Well, uh, this week we had Halloween. That is last Wednesday. Yeah, that we did. And my wife and I, of course, always watch Nightmare Before Christmas uh, at near the end of Halloween night. That so you do. Around 10 o'clock, we watch Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. That was a great time. Is it still good? Have they changed it? Still great. Good. <laughs> I'm <laughs> glad changed. to hear about that. No edits. It's great. On actual Halloween day, we went and hung out with uh, our friends Lindsay and Thomas. They live in a great, big, nice neighborhood over in Knoxville. Yep. And we handed out... Halloween candy to all oh, the kids. Oh, that's awesome. Which was a lot of fun. Like, where yeah. we live, we get no trick or treaters yeah, we don't at all. Either. Yeah, we're out in the middle of nowhere. And you know, the fun thing for me is, like, looking at all the trick or treaters and stuff and seeing what all the kids want to be this year. Fortnite. Fortnite. You know what? Yeah. Actually. Did anybody say, I'm a Fortnite? Hi, I'm a Fortnite, they said. <laughs> so, like, last year, there were so many Spider-Men. Oh, okay. Yeah, a lot of Spider-Man around. That's awesome. But this year, there were so many Black Panthers. That's great. Tons of Black Panthers. That's cool. It was Shows cool, you the man. power of representation in yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like there is there is tons of black kids as Black Panther, tons of white kids as Black Panther. There are girls as Black Panther. Yeah. Everybody want to be that Panther. Black Panther has been female. It was pretty cool to see, Shuri, man. Uh, Shuri? Shuri? I think that's right. Yeah. Shuri. Yeah. yeah. She was Black Panther for a bit. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. So yeah, pretty cool to see that stuff. We had ourselves a great Halloween. And I'm just going to formally formally extend an extension of Halloween. Oh shit, it's getting... Hold on, let me put my tuxedo on real Yeah, quick. yeah, get formal. Right. Uh, someone, get my valet. Bill Gates Jr. Bill Gates Jr., my valet, please. <laughs> he, Bill Gates Jr. is not even my valet. Oh, okay. He's my assistant who goes and gets my valet. Right, That's right. That's how rich we are. Wow, wow. We're loaded off this podcast game. No, if I keep getting those podcast bucks and spend them at the podcast store. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Getting loaded. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. That's really great. Good old Halloween. And, and like I said, I'm calling for an extension of Halloween. That's what I meant to say earlier. Nobody showed up as uh, any characters from Hereditary or anything? No. Huh? That's Nothing. weird. No it's like those kids aren't paying attention. I know. Too. What mm. the fuck is up with that? Oh, well. <laughs> anything else you've been watching? Anything on yeah, like, a YouTube Yeah, what's this YouTube series about Hollywood? It is, a, I believe it's a, a Vice series. Not okay. positive on that. All right. But... Basically, it was a guy going around to various Hollywood staple restaurants. Okay. You know, uh, things. uh, Have you ever been to Cantor's Deli? No. Uh, Well, next time you're in Hollywood, go to West Hollywood. West Hollywood. (laughs) Then go down Fairfax. Okay. And there's a Jewish deli called Cantor's Deli. It's. uh, I've heard tell of it. It's great. 
Um, it, all the things you can imagine at a Jewish deli. 24 hours, which is great in, in L.A. There aren't a whole lot of 24-hour uh, places. They pile the meat on a mile high. They do. A, a pastrami sandwich there is well worth the $14. Jesus Christ, $14? It's a bit expensive. It's a bit pricey. Good God. Um, they also have uh, they they have a history with Guns N' Roses. Old GNR, you yeah, don't say. Gun, yeah, Guns N' Roses used to go there all the time after shows. I like them. When they were trashed. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like a good call. Yeah. Sounds like a good call. It's fun. Yeah, and you, you might actually spot celebrities there. That I mean, honestly, if you're going to uh, Hollywood to celebrity spot, first off, get away from Hollywood. Yeah. Because most celebrities aren't hanging out there. Okay. But, yeah, maybe check out Cantor's. Good call. Good call, man. I've watched a couple of good things this week. I've watched a few good things. I'll tell you, one of my favorite things I've seen this week a couple new reviews popping up on our iTunes profile. What? Thank you all so much for dropping this podcast. Reviews. It takes us a long time to make this here show. We put a lot of hours of research, editing, recording, yada, yada into it. Yeah. So every time I see new reviews popping up, I really appreciate that. We're still in pretty damn good standing in our reviews, which is great. But I want to address something, Steve. Oh, shit. And it's what's happening right the fuck now. Oh, no. I saw somebody's, We're getting real. Dude, I saw somebody's review that said they really like our show. Uh-huh. But there's a lot of banter before we get to the movie. Sometimes over an hour. Sometimes there is. Uh-huh. And I just want to put a couple things out there to you guys who are just here for the movie. Yeah. Look, I understand. That's fine. We understand the movies better than fucking anybody. That's true. I get it. We can't help it. Nope. But ultimately... This podcast started because me and Steve, being on other sides of the country at that right. time. We just wanted to hang out. Yeah, it's just like, hey, we need an excuse to hang out every yeah. week. Because we used to hang out all the time when we were yeah. in college together. And then after you moved out to the West Coast, it's like, oh, we only, you know, you send me incredibly amusing text messages every now and then. Right. And that's pretty much all I hear from you. And that sucks. So we started this show as a way just to hang out and sure. also talk about horror movies, which you love. Yeah. But we understand the banter is... Can be very long. Yeah. So we did something about it long ago. That we did. So if you like our movie reviews and stuff, but just want to get straight to it, I'm going to tell you what, on whatever podcast app you use. Look at that description. Look at that description. Dollywood Steve always puts right there in the, in the description where the actual movie talk starts. Yeah. You Somebody requested it. it long ago and we just started doing it. I thought it was... A great request, because I realized, yeah. like, oh, yeah, some people just want to hear the movie discussion. I think it was Grayson Hester, actually. Maybe it was. Yeah, I think it was Grayson. Um, anyway, yeah, so uh, if you're just looking for the, the movie portion, just look down in the description. Yeah. It'll say right under the description, movie discussion begins at, and you can just skip right to that. That's right. You won't hurt our feelings. No, it's fine. This is our time. Yeah. This is our <laughs> this time. This is about us. Exactly, dude. <laughs> so I just want to put that out there. But past that... I've been watching a little bit of that new Sabrina series on the Netflix. Oh, yeah. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> like, I, I see. That's kind of what I've heard. Yeah. Is, it's okay. Yeah. I see a lot of people really blowing up about it and really loving it. Okay. They probably, I mean, they probably like that, like Riverdale type of yeah. sort of thing. It's yeah. fun to see these characters yeah. that we've seen in such a PG, well, I think, a fucking G rated setting. I think if I were late teen or I, even into my mid twenties, and this those type of shows were on, I'd be watching them. Right. Like 
I I know for sure I love Veronica Mars. Okay. Actually, yeah. I still I like I Zombie, and I would say I Zombie fits into the category of what you're talking about, where sure. it's a serious subject matter, but it's kind of just taken very lightly and not really, yeah, um, not really overly serious. Right. Yeah. The tone of the show is is kind of odd. Yeah. Because it definitely wants to be fun, but also be dark and evil and stuff. Which at the same is a time. weird combo. <laughs> yeah, and you gotta handle it in a certain way. Uh-huh. Like even certain episodes of like Supernatural. Yeah. Are that way where it is kind of campy and fun, but at the same time, like they're they're dealing with Satan and stuff like this. Yeah, they're dealing with yeah, Charmed. Charmed was yeah, oh absolutely, uh, so. super campy. Yeah. But yeah, also dealing with demons and devils. And right. Yeah. I don't know if this show is quite handling it as as well and appropriately as some of those shows have done oh okay it's fine i'm enjoying it i'll definitely watch it to the end i just wonder at this point if i'm just such a crabby bastard that like there's no horror series that like pleases me yeah i I didn't love hill house yeah i know american horror story not in love with by the way if if you haven't already heard our Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, so Came out yesterday. That it did. Check it out. Yeah, be sure to scope that out. Walking Dead I don't love. Okay. I don't know if I've really loved any horror show. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I love tons of them. Yeah? I really do. Um, You know, maybe we could do a thing next week where I just come in with a number of horror shows that I think you should check out. Maybe that's what we do. That sounds like that's a good idea. Do. So Sabrina's okay so far. Also went and saw... Uh, the new Halloween again with my buddy Phil. Oh, okay, great. Saw it again, still good. Uh huh. Still enjoyed it. It man. didn't stop being good. It did good. not. How'd it Phil not. like it? He enjoyed it very much, man. Okay, cool. Phil's a very old school horror fan. He is. Like I that. know. Yeah. So I was kind of really wondering what his take on it would be, but he enjoyed it. Great. That's I still maintain, dude. It's like yeah. it's about as good of a sequel to Part One, forty years later. As you, as can you could have asked for. Yep. I totally think so, man. So I think they did a good job with it. Awesome, man. I'm glad it didn't fall off. Yeah, definitely so. All right. Now, Steve, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Near Dark, which is a movie that deals with vampires in a very not sexy, not romantic no. kind of way. In a grimy, dirty sort of very way. Very yeah. grimy, very dirty, very druggy yeah. kind of way. A lot of the vampires in this movie remind me of just... Old damn meth heads you yeah. see hanging around Morristown. <laughs> That's or something a like perfect that. comparison. Yeah. Yeah. So I think before we get into the review portion of the show here, as we step here into the preview palace, welcome to the preview palace. I'd like to know what drug are you on anyway? <laughs> We're gonna find out. Alcohol. With those, with yeah, alcohol <laughs> would definitely be a the bunch drug. of it, right? Tons now. and a bunch of different kinds too. Yeah. There was whiskey, there was vodka, there was spice rum, there was Kahlua. All over the place, man. It's kind of a lot of different things. Yeah. I'm kind of dreading how I'm going to feel in the morning. I've got to try to drink like a gallon of water before I go to bed. Yeah, maybe two. I'm feeling pretty thirsty right Mm -hmm. now. So, Steve, we're going to consult the wizards over at BuzzFeed to find out what drug are you on. It's a quiz by Sam Parker. Thank you, Sam. All right, Steve, let me ask you a question. People are... Right. Question mark. All right. Are they balls of cosmic light beamed from the universe, all interconnected and experiencing each other subjectively? Okay. So Neil deGrasse Hicks. Tyson. Andrew. Oh. <laughs> Bill Hicks? Okay, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like his thing about LSD. Anyway, go ahead. Looking at me funny. You got a problem? That sounds about right. It's aggressive. Uh-huh. 
beautiful, man. Just beautiful. Okay. That's like Scott Mosier <laughs> in a Kevin Smith movie answer. Looking at me funny. I think I need to go home. Oh. My personal fan group and devoted audience. Yes. Or statistics. Or as they say in Indiana, statistics. Is that how they say that? That's correct. Statistics? Statistics. That doesn't sound right. Yeah, that's how they do it. Indiana, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. What do you think people are? Of all these things, I guess I would say balls of cosmic light beamed from the universe, all interconnected. You're damn hippie. each other subjectively. Damn. But that's just because I believe we're in a simulation. And by cosmic light, I mean just information. And by beams from the universe, I mean... Just information. The Matrix. <laughs> got it. Yeah. Completely got it, man. What about you, man? You know, uh, a lot of the people that I interact with on a daily basis are are my fans. So, people are your personal fan group. And devoted audience. Yeah, I think so. That's think, pretty great. Um, I'm kind of obsessed with performing and pleasing others. I think you're going to get meth. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it might be cocaine. Okay, because yeah, it's like cocaine right. are real self-centered and stuff. Yeah, like so it might uh, be that. All of uh, Stephen King from the eighties until yeah. the early nineties. Yeah, yeah, all cocaine. Yeah. Then what shall we listen to? Okay, Oasis. Turn it up. No. Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, I love Queens. Chemical Brothers. I love the Chemical Brothers. The Doors, man. Mm. Just stick the radio on. I'm in a hurry. That's the Coke answer. Whatever I have to say. You know, this is a toss-up for me between Queens of the Stone Age uh-huh. and the Chemical Brothers. Okay. I have liked the Chemical Brothers since like Dig Your Own Hole came out, which was like Block Rock and Beats and all that stuff, uh-huh. you know? Which that was probably when I was maybe 10 or 11. Yeah, that was long, long ago. Yeah, like 94, 95. Uh-huh. And whenever I got that album, I just thought that it was so cool. I got it for my birthday. Yeah. And because I'd seen the the video for Block Rock and Beats on MTV MTV, Two or something, and I didn't really know at that time that like electronic music was it was created for people on drugs. Yes, at raves, it's Uh like the the repetitive nature and all the different like textures of the samples and sounds and stuff. Yeah, I just thought that it was really cool, like ear candy kind of stuff. But I didn't really understand. It's like, oh, that's because people are on drugs and they're like. Tripping balls and dancing to this. Because being a kid is basically being on drugs. And I was like for you, yeah, so. homeschooled kid. You were you were just drug. You were drugs. Yeah, yeah. So to me, the Chemical Brothers were something that was a very important musical stepping stone for me. And I still listen to that stuff all the time, especially when I'm like tired of hearing guitars and notes yeah. and so on. I love listening to electronic stuff. So yeah, great. I'm gonna go with Chemical Brothers. I honestly don't care about Oasis. Queens of the Stone Age, I'm fine with. The Doors, whatever. Uh, and I don't want to just turn the radio on. Turn up. No. Radio. So I, I, I'm going to say whatever I have to say. Just going with the flow. Yeah. All right, man. I love the Queens, though. Queens are awesome. I do, too. They're they're fine. I mean, it's, I'm just imagining, like, it says, what shall we listen to? So there's, like, a group of us. Okay. And I'm like... I don't want to just sit and listen to Queens of the Stone Age in a group. Like, what are we going to do? I think if the answer is like, what shall we, as in a bunch of like 30-something white dudes. Oh, yeah, that will. Okay. It'd be Oasis. Sure. Yeah. And after all, you may win, you I hate you, no. 
Let's, let's fight about it. Let's fight about it, Liam. Hey. Oi. Oi. I'll take it out in the lane. <laughs> you want to go out in the garden and have a go? <laughs> Oi. Have a go with me, bloke. <laughs> All right. This one is hard for me, Steve. You're going to have to help me out here. It says pick a hero, but I don't know who most of these people are. Jesus. I don't know who most of these is people are. Is that first Bill Hicks? That's Bill Hicks. The, the, the next one actually, is... Actually, I know who all these people are except for that, that one guy. Okay. So who's the who's the second one? Um, I don't know who he I is. I clicked on the Wikipedia. Sean Ryder is his name. Who's that? He's the lead singer of the Happy Mondays and Black Grape. Okay. So okay, I so, don't know who that is. So we got Bill Hicks, Sean Ryder, Somebody. John Hamm, John Hamm, Bill yep. Gates, me, and Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Damn. Okay. So I asked you this question technically. Yeah. Okay. Uh, pick a hero out of these people. Um, I'm gonna say John Hamm. I've Don Draper. Yeah, I mean, I've uh, I've heard John Hamm a million times in interviews. Dude's cool. Seems like a cool guy. He's a cool guy who's very smart and funny. It should be illegal for dudes that are that handsome to be that funny. <laughs> it's not fair. Yeah, it's unfair to the rest of us. <laughs> also, have you seen that hog of his? Is it? He's got a big Lit. dick, apparently. Yeah. yeah, there's like a bunch of pictures of John Hamm's fair. like dick down his trouser leg, and it's like, what? That's halfway. I think maybe I start calling him Mr. Pig Knuckle. Mr. Pig Knuckle. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you gonna choose, Ben? <laughs> that's a good question. You know, the the really narcissistic part of me would like to choose me. That's a good call. Um. Because I'm, I'm just a, a homeschool boy. I don't know nothing about no fancy cars or fancy restaurants. Oh, no. Are you Wait, are you fancy from the Reba song? Yeah, that's Here's me. your one chance, but Ellie don't let, let me, me down. down. But, you know, I think it's pretty cool to see how Snoop Dogg has gone from being 16-year-old yeah. superstar. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Coming from a really rough background and stuff. Uh-huh. To get in a hangout with Martha Stewart. Yeah. My wife was listening Snoop's to a podcast best, earlier today about Martha Stewart. Uh-huh. What a badass. Yeah. That's the first woman to start a billion dollar plus company. And badass. she was like, fuck the IRS. And I'm going to do some illegal shit. Hell yeah. I'm on board with that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Go, Martha. So yeah, Snoop Dogg for me. All right. That's a good call. So Ben, it's 11 p.m. on Friday night. <laughs> it's 310 on Monday morning. That, that is currently the, yeah. the time and place. Um, place? What? Monday? Yeah. Monday's a place. <laughs> it's 11 p.m. on Friday night. How do you feel? Okay. Vision blurry and I keep singing to myself, but otherwise great. Well, that's me if I'm playing a skankbanger show. Okay. Ready to tackle that last spreadsheet? Never. Get out of here with that bullshit. Hungry. Got a pizza menu? Oh, Absolutely fucking fantastic. That's all caps. Uh-huh. Fascinated by this carpet. I feel like dancing and having her cuddle. That's a good question. I think of all these answers, you know, whether it's on on 11 p.m. Friday night, whether I am out on, on a stage playing a show. Right. Or whether I'm at home here just having a drink and watching a movie or something like that. Either way, I feel absolutely fucking fantastic. Great. Yeah, usually those Friday nights are a good time for me. Awesome. Now, for me, I would say it depends. It's either having, uh, it's either hungry, got a pizza menu. Yeah. Or I feel like dancing and having a cuddle. Okay. So if uh, if I've been drinking, probably feel like dancing and having a cuddle. Could be. 
if I've been doing other uh, activities, mm-hmm. maybe smoking marijuana or uh-huh, something, yeah. I don't know. Uh, hungry got a pizza menu. So I'm going to go with hungry got a pizza menu because that's the most likely. Strong choice. Yeah. I love a slice. Mm-hmm. I'm going to update you about the pizza scenario. What's up? I had that new Little Caesars thin crust the other day. Oh, shit. It's fine. It's kind of like Domino's, but better. Okay. Yeah, like Domino's right. thin crust. I, I, I like Domino's thin crust, I guess, yeah. Oddly, it's less food than a hot and ready, but it costs more. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. It's like oh. half of a hot and ready, but it costs more money. It, also, because it's not a hot and ready, when you get it, is it cold and not ready? No, it was ready. Oh, it was ready? Okay, good. Dude, have Why you, doesn't Papa Murphy's say cold and not ready? Like, oh, that should totally be it. Yeah. <laughs> so, when's the last time you've been inside a Little Caesars? Uh, I think it was 16. No way. Yeah. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, I think every what? time we... Oh, wait. Sh- well, because we got it in, in college all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess I... I don't Surely ever remember me being the person the who went in. guy. Yeah. I don't remember either, honestly. Well, they got this new rig in there uh-huh. that is so sick, and it's called the Pizza Portal. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's basically like this freestanding like oven box uh-huh. with all these like latched doors on it. Okay. And what you do is there's a Little Caesars app for when you're a piece of shit in life, <laughs> and you download a Little Caesars app. I bet Cricket Wireless automatically has Little Caesars Absolutely. app on it. Yeah. Absolutely. And so you place your order on the app. Mm-hmm. And they make your order, and they put it in this like hot box that has these locked doors on it. Uh huh. And all you do is you walk in, and pick you, it up. Yeah, there's like a QR code they send your phone, and it That's scans pretty dope. it, and it opens the little door yeah. for you to grab your order out of. You know what, Ben? It's I'm sick. all for that and complete automation. I I think we should move to a point where we have absolute automation. Man, I don't no know. Need and we should all get a universal basic income. It's so odd to me because I think that like human beings on a basic level need to work. Well, they do. You know? Sure. But you can do a ton of things that are better for the world and people okay, than working on. at Little Caesars. You can. That's true. Not everybody can. That's correct. Wow. I guess you're right. But we should pay them way more money. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So whatever you do, you should earn a livable wage. Yeah. Without a doubt. Because guess what? No job should be spit on. Nobody should be said like, Fuck no. you work that fucking job full time, and guess what? You also don't deserve to live on it, you piece yeah. of shit. Fuck you. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's all fucking garbage. Yeah. But the pizza portal that's pretty is cool. badass. Yeah. <laughs> also, the fact that it's called a pizza portal. That is a good idea. That's yeah. pizza fucking portal. amazing. It would be real cool if it was like Portal the game. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever play Portal? Oh, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. awesome. It's insane. Mm-hmm. All right, Steve, how do you feel about politics? Oh, boy. Oi, it's all a load of bollocks, really. Isn't it? Isn't it? I'm voting green this year. <laughs> I'm labor all the way. <laughs> the first thing I read about in the paper every morning... Boring, unless we're talking about the legislation debate. An illusion distracting us from our true potential as a rice. I could be prime minister if I wanted. Or, why can't we all just get along? Huh. Where are you at in that? A lot of options. Um, But yeah, there are a lot of options. There are three I like here. But, uh, you know what? I I would say uh, an illusion distracting us from our true potential as a race. 
It sure seems that way. Yeah, because like it all really just started with a couple people disagreeing on something and someone saying, I could make that disagreement go away for you. I'm the king. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely true. It's definitely true. It it is problematic, man. I'm yeah. I'm so fucking disillusioned at this point that it, part of me wants to say, why can't we all just get along? But That's a good one. at this point, I'm just like, it's all a load of bollocks, really. It's got me down in the doldrums. It does. Oh, it's got me down in the doldrums, don't well, it? Well, I mean, let me tell you this: God save the queen. God save don't the queen. You? Don't you? And listen, motherfuckers, go out and fucking vote. For Seriously. The queen. Go out and fucking vote for the queen. <laughs> but don't vote for Representative Steve King. No. Because he's a racist, white supremacist. It's not shit. Stephen King. You're in King. Iowa. It's a different It's person. a different guy. Not you the t- same guy. Listen, if you see Steve King and you're like, oh, the dude who did Cujo. I love it. Um, Cujo's my favorite. Yeah. Not the same guy. Nope. Nope. Go vote. But seriously, go vote. Yeah. It's 3 a.m. on an average Friday night. Why? Why am I getting all the times and Friday nights? I know. Nights? Look at you. How do you feel? All right. XCKJ Verblurd. That's just a text fucking disaster. Seems like a drunken text disaster. Okay. I wish I could sleep. Okay. I think my dog is disappointed in me. Oh, damn. No, she's just asleep. She's all right. I've discovered the meaning of life after talking to those monkeys. Oh, Lord. Okay. I am a living God. You're my best friend and I love you. So, 3 a.m. on a Friday night, mm-hmm. that's usually about time to go to bed for me. Yeah. It's about bedtime. Okay. And by that time, I am usually quite quite ready to go to bed. Okay. And things become incoherent. I think I'm going to look at that first answer that's just a bunch of text. Oh, okay. Exklerberg Sabera. Now, I usually go to bed about 5 in the morning. 5? I do. Holy shit. I got nothing to do in the day and... I, it's just that's natural for me. It feels natural. I don't know why. Are you a vampire? You might be one of them vamps. Okay, so you know how we've never gone anywhere in the sun. Yeah, I'm just saying we've never done that. Damn. I would say 3 a.m. on an average Friday night. Um, you're my best friend, and I love you. Aww. Yeah. All right, now, Steve, who do you most love in the world? Okay. That barmaid, she's amazing. Uh-huh. Every stranger I meet. Okay. Love itself Ooh. is what we need to love. Uh-huh. The staff in Starbucks. Love is for the week, or let me think for a second. No, it's gone. Mm, okay. Wow, some odd answers on this one. The only thing we have to love is love itself. Oh, wise words. Turn that fear around. Sure. Uh, What do I love most in the world? I would say, yeah, love itself is what we need to love. Aww. We need to love more love, y'all. What a sweetie. Care about each other. I think I'd like to say every stranger I meet, because the way that I grew up, like super homeschooled and conservative (laughs) and stuff, (laughs) I knew like five people until I was about 17. (laughs) So when you see strangers, you're like, another person. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like Buddy and Elf. Uh Uh-huh. Like, what's your favorite color? <laughs> Smiling's my favorite. Like, that's kind of... Smiling's my yeah. favorite. I love yeah. Elf so that much. That's a good line. It's yeah, so yeah good, it's a good dude. movie. Yeah. All right, what's next? It's 10 a.m. on an average Saturday. What? <laughs> Again, with the times uh-huh. and, and fucking days. Look at you. How do you feel? 10 a.m.? Oh, uh, God. I'll tell you once I've had a coffee. Yeah. Am I right, guys? 
Like someone poured cement in my sinuses. That has been me yeah, lately. I've, I'm yep. still fighting off the, the chest congestion uh-huh. and stuff, yeah. Trapped inside a carousel of guilt and shame. Oh, damn. Davy Strangers fucking Saturday mornings, <laughs> for sure. Depressed. And did someone punch me in the jaw? Yowza. Like someone's been using my mouth as Yuck. an ashtray. Gross. Oh, Smoking is fucking gross. It is. Tapped into a new higher consciousness and changed forever. I, I think I'm just going to go with, I'll tell you once I've had a coffee. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're waking me up at 10 on a Saturday, again, a Friday night, maybe I'm, I'm out playing. Uh-huh. Maybe I'm watching a movie for Dead and Lovely. Yeah. I don't know. But usually 10 a.m. on a Saturday, it's like, it's time for me to still be asleep. So Yeah, if you, up, if you woke me up at 10 a.m. on a Saturday, I've only been asleep for max five hours. It's not enough. So I'm not happy about it's it. It's not enough. But I, I guess instead of I'll tell you once I've had a coffee, I'll pick like someone poured cement in my sinuses, which is pretty true of me in yeah. a, a spring or fall morning. That's horrible. Every one of them. <laughs> All right, see, we're at our conclusion here. Yeah. Apparently, I am on ecstasy. That's true. You love a good time and see the best in people mm-hmm. for a while. That's actually pretty true. Yeah. Because I do. It's like to an extent where it's like, okay, yeah. yeah. I think the best of a lot of people I meet, I uh-huh. love going out and have a good time. Yeah. But eventually I reach a point where I'm like, I'm just going to go home. Yeah. And everybody yeah. sucks. Yeah. I don't so want to talk to anybody anymore. It's yeah. very uh, high and low with me, up or down. So that's actually not inaccurate. I've never done ecstasy. Have you ever done ecstasy? Yeah. How is it? pretty great for a while well yeah i mean you know you come down like you do with anything yeah like what if i what if i had taken ecstasy once and i was still fucking rolling (laughs) that would be amazing legendary this podcast would never make any sense it would just be like i love this It's so good man hey do you have any water (laughs) hey Oh my god, what was your name again? Oh, I love you. <laughs> How did I get here? Oh my god, what is this place? The music is great. Have you heard this before? There isn't music playing. <laughs> it's dead silent here right now. You're tapping yeah. your foot. What are you doing? <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta move. I gotta move. I gotta move. Get the fuck out. <laughs> what drug am I on, Ben? What are you on? I'm on acid. Yeah, you're tripping balls over I'm there? I'm tripping balls over here. A visionary lateral thinker. You could change the world Damn. if only you made any sense. Oh. Pretty pretty accurate. You've done an acid, haven't you? Yeah. Several hundred thousand million times. Yeah, yeah. I've done acid a lot. I used to do it as much as I could find it. Right. Um, and so that was at least once a week okay. for a couple really? of years. Yeah, I was, I was way into it because, like, uh, it, it's been found to be very helpful for people with anxiety sure yeah, with, yeah like depression and yeah, stuff yeah. and i think that's what it was it was i was just self-medicating because i'm extremely anxious all the time yeah and um so yeah for like a couple of years there it was just every week i had to trip wow and like i would interesting do the, i would do the shit that people say not to do like you know, people say, don't look in a mirror when you're tripping. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because Don't like, say Candyman yeah, a bunch of times. I did, and I hung out with Tony Todd the rest <laughs> of the night. <laughs> Dude, Dude's Tony cool. Todd seems sick. He's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. No, but like, uh, yeah, I would just I would just get as inward as possible. Yeah. And yeah, you know, as inward as possible. An intronaut. I would get <laughs> super intronaut. Yeah, I would like try to understand myself constantly and understand cool. like what was going on in my head 
I would keep these long journals and stuff of oh, wow. everything that I was thinking. So, like, I would trip a lot by myself. But then when I would get with friends, I'd have, you know, different experience. You, you just start to feel connected to everybody. Yeah. And that was something that I hadn't really ever felt before. That's cool. was fully connected. So, you feel really connected to these people. It's great. I, I had a lot of fun with it. It's pretty rad. I recommend doing drugs. I've wondered if I should do an acid at some point mm. or not. I think in my or younger mushrooms. days. Mushrooms are probably more your speed. That's probably what I'm yeah. thinking. That's what I'm thinking. If I'm going to do uh, any kind of a hallucinogen, I yeah. think that should probably be the thing. It's from yeah. nature. It seems a little it bit is. safer. And uh, they're really fun, honestly. Like, you can have a lot of fun on mushrooms. Yeah, and they say that people that, that you know, of course, lean towards depression and stuff, yeah. it's really great for you. It is. So that'd be good for me. But then also, too, it's like... You've had you have instances of people that are in any way even slightly unstable yeah, and that and can pushes really them over. unhinge you. Yeah, it kind of, but like I'm, Richard I, again, Chase, the the the, Richard the vampire Chase. of Sacramento. Yeah. Oh God! Holy shit! I listened Crazy. to his, his last podcast on Left series recently. Yeah. Holy that shit! That dude was fucking that insane. That guy was fuck, and he only like when you say only, he killed like five people. Yeah, but the yeah the way he did it the was way he horrific. did it was insane. Yeah. Oh my God. And yeah, apparently that guy was like just a head full of acid all the time. Yeah. Did a lot well, of shit. That, that is the thing is that, um, yeah, if you, if you got a predisposition to say, you know, bipolar disorder or schizophrenia, yeah, schizophrenia or something, it's probably best to probably avoid it. Probably should not yeah. do that. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, maybe a shroom. Yeah, check maybe her that's out. that's what I try it sometime. Mm-hmm. Now, Steve, today we're going to be talking about Near Dark from 19... 1987. 80s, that's what I said. Yeah, last week I was talking about on Monster Squad episode, yeah. how 1987, such a big year for awesome horror movies. You had Predator, uh-huh. we had Lost Boys, we had yep. Monster Squad, and guess what else we had? Near Dark. Near Dark. There yeah. you go, man. And this is one of those movies that, you know, it, it seems like horror fans know this movie. Mm-hmm. But, but most I, people don't. Yeah. Most people don't. Yeah. yeah, it's like most people that I know that have seen Lost Boys and seen mm-hmm. Interview with the Vampire and maybe yeah. even seen like Fright Night sure. have not seen Near Dark. Yeah. And I don't think it's because it's a lesser movie of any of those. No. I think it's just because Lost Boys came out, what, like two weeks before it? Yeah, well, no, two months, but two months. not even a, like a full two months. It was like late July, so... The, yeah, yeah, full two months. Yeah. A little over. But, yeah, Lost Boys was just dominating in the theater. And that was a time when a, a movie could have a long run in the theater because, yeah. you know, the the VCR market was just starting just to get starting. big. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, stuff could have a long run in the theater. And that's why Monster Squad really didn't make much money. And this, right. this didn't make much money. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. yeah, and at the same time, it's like Lost Boys crushed because it was such a, such a poppy... Uh, sexy vampire, yeah. slick kind of production. I love Lost Boys too. Yeah, it's I think fun. it's great. Uh-huh. Yeah, we covered it last year. Go check out the episode that we did, rate and review on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And this is very much the opposite of that. I mean, I, I can't imagine you know these days having a movie that comes out with you know like like Twilight, like sexy, slick right. vampires, and then just what if they renamed Twilight Sexy Slick? <laughs> that works for me. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, right after it, you get a movie like this where it's like, okay, it would really suck to be a vampire. Mm. They're grubby. They're fucking scrambling around, yeah. hiding and stuff. 
It's a very different kind of movie, so I kind of understand why it got buried, but I don't think it deserves to be. No, it's great. It's a really fucking cool it's brutal, movie. brutal, really violent, really yeah, brutal. Yeah, that it is. And it was directed by old Catherine Bam Bam Bigelow. That's her. Catherine Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> she, will, she will suplex you through the goddamn ring. She doesn't care. Her and her head tattoos. Uh-huh. Yeah. Flames. <laughs> How about Bam Bam Bigelow's intro music? Bam, bam, bam! It was like long synth notes, and I don't know. Maybe I'll just say my name. Yeah, that's it. Amazing. Hey, bam, bam! What do you want to do for your? Bam, bam! Oh, okay. Bam, bam! Oh, I think he has issues with some synthesizer. Oh, okay. Bam, cool. bam! <laughs> with some synthesizer. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. Hey, could someone get me a, a unitard with flames? Yeah, <laughs> and long long sleeves for some reason. Yeah, the long sleeves <laughs> on that thing. <laughs> so she directed a bunch of stuff. I've actually not seen a ton of her movies. I've seen The Hurt Locker, which is great. phenomenal, mm-hmm. incredible movie. You've seen, I, I assume you've seen uh, Point Break. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. Oh okay, it's a life changing yeah. movie. Yeah, uh, I love Point Break. It's great. I haven't seen Zero Dark Thirty, but that's I, I. You mean the new Point Break? The new Point Break, yeah. Do you literally know anybody that saw that? I don't know anybody. No, I literally I, don't know I, a single person that saw it. Anybody that did probably like jerks off with an American flag every night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> torture works. <laughs> they they say that. Yeah, they say yeah. torture works. They do. Zero Dark Thirty, she also did. I never saw that. Well, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm at the new point break. <laughs> but it works either way. It really does. <laughs> that was great. She also did K-19, The Widowmaker. I haven't seen that. Okay. But she did a good job with this. Yeah, she did great. Did a real good job with this. But apparently she didn't really like want to make a vampire movie, right? No, she started out wanting to just make a western. And when she took it to the studio, the idea, they were like, yeah, Westerns don't really make money. Okay. You can make a Western if you combine it with a more popular genre. And so she was looking around at the more popular genres and Fright Night had done well in 85. Yeah. And so she was like, vampires. Let's give this a shot. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting too, because she's not exactly who you think of when you think about a, a, a horror director. Yeah. No, I mean, it was never her interest. She always wanted to do action. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's everything else she has done. Right. But yeah, just she she got cor- sort of cornered into this. You have to pick a popular genre. She right. picked a popular genre that happens to be associated with horror. Right. And so, yeah, we get a great horror movie from an awesome director. Well, that's the thing. is like, like we said multiple times, it's like, look what happens when you do a movie like Jaws or Poltergeist. Yeah. Or The Shining. When you just have a great director direct a horror movie, you get a great movie. Yeah, guess what? They can do a good job. It doesn't really matter what the genre is. Mm -hmm. You know, a talented director is a talented director. Mm -hmm. And she did a great job with this flick. Now, the thing that kind of interests me most about this movie is the way that it portrays vampires themselves. Because you got to think, especially in this time period, in the mid-late 80s, we've, of course, had the Hammer Horror you know, vampire flicks, right. Bela Lugosi and, and uh, Christopher, Lee. Christopher Lee and all that stuff. But most of the vampire characterization has been more of that glamorized, you yeah. know, like sexy vampire thing. Yeah, I mean, even like Bela Lugosi with his hypnotic powers was kind of yeah. 
yeah, exactly. the root for a lot of that. And I'm no I'm no historian or anything like that. But I wonder I wonder who's the first person that really thought to portray vampires as these really like helpless, you know, outcast addicts. Uh-huh. Who was the first person to delve into that? Was it this movie? I don't really know because we see it later yeah. on in like uh, I mean, what is it, what is that fucking movie? Uh, the greatest lovers, whatever. That's about like the vampires that are like rock stars. Oh, I don't know this one. Damn it, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, okay. But but you know these kind of like drug addict, yeah, almost vampires that are just constantly looking for another fix. Yeah, they need the blood to survive, and it's like a drug to them. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if this is the first time that this was ever portrayed in film, and also maybe if that's why it didn't connect with people. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it it feel it feels so different in that aspect of the lack of. It's not sexy. No, it's, not at all. It's a, a drive that drives them to do horrific things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's also interesting too to see, like you know, of course, nowadays in a post Twilight world, yeah, everybody fucking knows about vampires and stuff. Yeah. But yet this movie is really interesting in the way that it handles vampirism. For one, there's no mention of vampire the entire movie. Yeah, they don't say the word. No, nobody once ever says. It, yeah. uh, even Caleb, our main character, like as he's yeah. being transformed, he's like, "Are you guys fucking vampires?" That never happens. Nope. <laughs> never once. Never he's once. like, "I don't know what's going on." So the con- the concept is that this is a world where the idea of vampires doesn't exist. Basically, that's true. Yeah, yeah, because as soon as he starts seeing people drinking blood and stuff, he should be like, "Oh my god, you're vampires!" You're fucking vampires. Yeah. Yeah, but if if that wasn't something that existed in mythology or pop culture, you'd just be like, "Oh my god, I don't know what's going on." It's like yeah. a virus or something. Weird. Some kind of urge has overtaken me. And the way that it also handles a lot of the other vampire stuff is weird, too. So they don't have fangs. No, they just bite in with their regular old teeth. Just get you a chomp on. <laughs> but, you know, I've... Gnaw I've, on that feller. I've bitten into some overcooked pork loin and stuff like that in my okay. time. My teeth aren't that sharp. No, they're to, not. It's hard it, to, to, to bite into a meat. It is. Though, I guess if you're doing it so that you don't die, you probably put some more oomph into it. Get your chomp on. Yeah. Get your chomp on. Also, they are super strong. That is, okay. That is one thing. They do have that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, They're definitely stronger than usual. They don't fly like in Lost Boys. There's no flying. They travel in RVs and vans. Yeah. Not flying is cool to me. I don't understand why vampires fly. Like yeah. I understand if they can turn into a bat and yeah, then I was gonna fly, say, or a fog. That's but cool. I don't understand why a vampire would just be able to fly. Yeah, that doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah, yeah, I think a vampire should fly if it's a bat. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, there's no mention of like garlic. One of them has like a cross on his gun hilt. Yeah, the cross. Yeah, no, the garlic and cross. That's all bullshit. Basically, is set out right. But they are highly vulnerable to sunlight. Yes, obviously they, like even their clothes will catch on fire right from be them smoking. Being yep <laughs> there's never anything that shows them like lacking a reflection there's never no. really any mirrors or yeah. anything like that there's never really any of that schlocky stuff that's in again like like in fright night when well yeah i was gonna say though like fright night does get rid of some of those things though because like garlic didn't really bother him at all. Yeah. Crosses only if you believe in it. Yeah, does it work. And yeah. Shit, so maybe right? she was building. She was like, okay, yeah, let's just get rid of that sort of bullshit that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They drink blood. They're depraved. 
Yeah. The end. No sunlight. No sun. Yeah. Keep them out of the sun. And they're immortal. Uh huh. And also, too, like one thing that's kind of different in this movie as opposed to other vampire flicks, there's always kind of that element of like, how do you get turned into a vampire? Do you have to get bitten and have that all, you know, all the blood sucked out of you until you die? Yeah. Or do you have to, like in Bram Stoker's Dracula, where you drink the blood of a vampire and all that shit? Yeah. In this, it's almost more like a bug bite, which is interesting yeah. because the movie starts out starts with, with a mosquito bite. bite. Yeah. yeah. And so the the vampirism in this is almost more like a like a virus where it spreads yeah. instantaneously. You get nipped, yeah. which is what they say, nipped by a vampire in this, and suddenly you're one of them. Yeah, which is like, I mean, that would fit two possible things that you could talk about with this movie. One is the spread of disease like uh, HIV. Right. And the other is the uh, effect of addiction. Right, like yeah. the effect of having heroin for the first yeah, time. Yeah, you do it once, and your fucking your brain yeah. is rewired. Your brain, yeah, the shit starts to happen immediately. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then too, there's the whole like blood transfusion. Apparently, fixes it if it's from yeah. your dad or somebody's dad. <laughs> Just a dad. Well, that I don't is know. kind of a callback to the original Dracula. I mean, blood transfusion did end up saving Mina Harker. Okay, that's true. In the original Dracula, yeah. but yeah. Uh, it is it is not clear because apparently no. if it's from your dad or your dad's boyfriend or your, <laughs> your boyfriend's, boyfriend's dad, dad yeah <laughs> that'll save you <laughs> yeah that's true yeah it's kind of odd and I, I like I like the way that this movie handles it I like that it never talks about vampirism head on yeah where like like we said a second ago they never even mentioned vampire so there's none of this well don't doesn't garlic freak you guys out? Can't you not see your your reflection? Like, yeah, so you don't even stuff. have to deal with those issues because yeah. no one talks about vampires, right? And I like what you just said a second ago about how it is very much like like drug addiction. I think that this yeah. movie really, at its core, is very much about addicts. Yep. You know, because the way that they the way that they act, the way that they're outcasts. Even, you know, as soon as uh, Caleb gets bit and he's at the train station, that cop, like, asks him if he's on drugs and stuff. Well, yeah, and... They look grubby as shit. He he looks like he's on heroin. Yeah. And he says he needs to get to Fix. Oh, does he? Yeah, that's where he's going. Oh. Fix, Oklahoma. No shit. Yeah. I missed that completely. So, like, it's pretty overt, I think, at... At that point, that this is some sort of allegory about drug abuse and something. Yeah, and I think that makes even more sense too, because like one of the questions that I had the most about this movie is why, towards the end of the movie, why do all of these, you know, vampires want to kill this guy who had recovered from from vampirism? Right. And from my experience, living in a, a, a low rent area of Tennessee where there's right. tons of fucking addicts, I got addicts all addicts family, drag so each too. other down. They do, exactly. Yep. And the last thing an addict wants to see is, is someone get, get better. Clean. Yeah, because exactly. that means you could get clean, you just won't, you refuse to. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, the possibility of you turning your life around fucking sucks. Yep. Especially when you know the answer is right in front of you. It's like he didn't do something undoable. He just got a blood transfusion and he was better, and that's it. Yep. You know, and of course, recovering from drug addiction is not that fucking easy, obviously. No. <laughs> but again, from my experience, like drug addicts, the last thing they want to see is their fellow junkies get better. Yeah, because then they're alone. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. Which, especially when you're talking about a, a race of immortal people, yeah, that means that you're alone forever and you've lost your friend forever. However, yeah. 
whenever you have somebody that is on the same routine as you and on the same junk as you, that means you've always got somebody. Yep. And I think that's very much what this movie is about. Yeah. Because the the vampires in this movie have a weird, fucked up sort of family together. Yeah, they do. Yeah, Jesse is the dad. That's uh, Lance Henriksen. Lance Henriksen, yeah. who is awesome in he this movie. He is fucking awesome in this movie, dude. Uh, Are those scars on his face? Why does his face have, like, valleys and crevices in it? He, he is a craggy man in He's this. He's a I, craggy man. I'm pretty sure, obviously, that... All of that's makeup, unless in every other role, he just has makeup to cover that up. I think they fill it with spackle and stuff. <laughs> you know, they just fill it up whenever they don't want him to look that way. Because even in Pumpkinhead, he's pretty. He's that is pretty true. Craggy. He's really and he, like the dude's still kicking, so like he couldn't have been that old no. in the eighties. Well, here's the thing that's crazy too. So okay, he's a pretty tall dude, right? Yeah, he's like six something, if I'm not mistaken. Uh. Uh-huh. He apparently starved himself and wasted away until he was 140 pounds. 140. That's what I weighed when I was like fucking 18. Yeah. I was, and I'm like 5'8". Yeah. Yeah. So he got himself just completely like emaciated to play this. So I'm sure it accentuated all of his crevices and stuff. And we understand in the storyline that he was a former Civil War soldier yeah. fighting for the South. Yeah. Which explains his rat tail. <laughs> it explains his braided <laughs> rat tail, which yeah. is awesome. Because everybody around here that I ever heard say the South will rise again had a rat tail. Yeah. So, so it completely works. You know they're awesome. Very, very believable. Um, we got Diamondback, who's yeah. played by Jeanette Goldstein, who was also in Aliens. Okay, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, Lance Henriksen, Jeanette Goldstein, and Bill Paxton were all in Aliens. Directed by James Cameron. Directed by James Cameron, who was... At that time, just friends with Catherine Bigelow, but then they began dating. Right, yeah, And yeah. then eventually got married in 89 and then divorced in 91. But they they, they have, still have a, a friendship. But and he was like, I got this sick team of actors. Yeah, basically, he was like, yeah, I have all these guys. They're great. And, yeah. and like, you know, you should hire them. She hires them. And also, uh, just forgot who we were talking about, Catherine Bigelow and... James Cameron. James Cameron. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Licker. <laughs> James Cameron uh, appears in the movie at a point. Oh, he, no shit. he flips off Severin. Oh, like he's the okay. One. Yeah. And then also uh, when he's at the bus station, uh, Caleb is at the bus station. That's in the background, cool. Aliens is playing. At the oh, movie right. I did yeah. see that. That's yeah. pretty cool. And they did a lot of links, too, to like build them up as a team. Did you read about any of that stuff? Uh-uh. So they apparently had... Uh, all of the actors that were playing the vampires and stuff, for one, they had to make up complete backstories that's about awesome. themselves. Yeah. So everybody made up their own character storyline and that's stuff, really cool. which is pretty neat. And then they even had them do these like team building exercise where they would put them in a room and have them like black it out as yeah. fast as possible. Okay. You know, to get them ready for the scene, wow. so they have to like black out the yeah. cars and stuff like that. Pretty cool stuff. So they That's did all cool. these team building things, which is something you saw Cameron do also in like Avatar and shit right, later yeah. on too. But it's a pretty cool way to build a real kind of family environment uh-huh. among that set. Yeah, I mean, Catherine Bigelow, I know has, she goes to lengths yeah. to make sure her actors are are fully in the role. Yeah, definitely. In, in so. several other. So yeah, I mean, it, 
read up on it. She's yeah. great. She's a really good director. Diamondback, we don't know much about. No, per she se. seems to be the mom of the group in some ways. Right. But she's also she's not older than Jesse or right. Homer. Right. Or even Severin, maybe. Maybe. We don't really we know. We don't know. About him. Uh, or may, we're not sure. We just know that basically uh Jesse did one of his traditional things where he pretends to break down on the side of the road. Right. Someone pulls over, he kills them and drinks their blood. So that means she was in the automobile age at yeah. least. Yeah, so it's pretty recent ish. And she's she, cool. She's great. Yeah. She she's awesome. I mean she she is hard like she just slits that girl's throat in the bar. Oh, man. She's like Brutal. she she has a, as much edge as Jesse. Yeah, definitely so. So even calling her the mother of the group kind of like gives her like some softened edges. She's not that. No, she's the mother of the group de facto. Those two have a cool like kind of you know Bonnie and Clyde kind yeah, of exactly how they are Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, just yeah. a couple of criminals that are living on the the fringe, but at yeah, the same they're, time. They're just there with each other. Even yeah. there at the very end of the movie, they're talking about it's like the, two of them, yeah. the good times that they had. Yeah, they don't give a shit that they might be completely gone. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. they've had hundreds of years uh-huh. together, which I think is or, pretty dope to yeah. see. Or maybe less. I don't maybe know. less. Well, whatever. Uh, and then we got Severin. <laughs> Bill, Bill Paxton. Paxton, who is at... He is, he is like... Known for his subtlety as an known actor. Known for his subtlety. Bill Paxton is like when when people say that they love Nick Cage I think no I don't get Bill or Nick Cage yeah, in yeah. the same way that I get Bill Paxton. Yeah. Bill Paxton when he goes over the top still makes sense. Right. Yeah, it, it never doesn't goes make into a ton on. of sense but you're like you really grab on to his characters. Yeah. And in this movie like he is so over the top. Yeah. Like Everything oh, yeah. he says is insane. And the thing is, is like at first whenever you watch this and you get him and, you know, his first line in the movie is, I'm going to separate your head from your shoulders. Hope you don't mind none. <laughs> and he's got all these ridiculous <laughs> lines. And then he says like, it's not what's going on, son. It's what's coming off. Your face. <laughs> Clean off. Like at first whenever you meet your his face. character, it's like this guy is so over the top. Like what yeah. fucking movie does he think he's in? At first, it's almost like it almost puts you off. Yeah. But then he keeps it at that level. Yeah, and he's goes at that level of intensity at, at the least. Nonstop. And yeah, exactly. Just going above and beyond in something like yeah. the entire bar scene. Oh my god, it's amazing. He's insane. Yeah. It's great. And it actually kind of starts to make sense to you in a way. Oh yeah. Even though that character is so over the top and unbelievable, it's like he's nuts as shit. Mm-hmm. And I love that we never get any of his backstory. Yeah. No backstory. We have no idea how old he is, where he came from. He seems Southern. That's about all the <laughs> That is true. Get. He's got that Southern accent. Severin seems like uh, a thought experiment where somebody was like, what if the craziest person you know became a vampire? <laughs> got to be immortal. And didn't even have to worry about dying. Right. Yeah. What would he be <laughs> like, like? Like, that guy's insane and worries about dying. Right. If he didn't have that if he had stopping no limits. him, it would be wow. so crazy. Well, that, that's cool, too, because that kind of buys into the whole you know drug addict thing that we were talking about earlier. It's like, imagine if there was somebody that was that extreme into that lifestyle and also mm-hmm. had no fear of ever being killed by it. What yeah. would he be like? God damn. Yeah. Pretty fucking intense. Crazy, yeah. He, he's awesome. Severin Love is him. definitely like the most memorable character 
mm-hmm. in this movie, in my opinion. But then we got Homer, Homer, who is also very memorable for being a kid vampire who, uh, in this movie, we see him commit murder, a child. He does, and kill we somebody. see him try to uh, turn another child into a vampire to have as his sex slave because he's also uh, a pedophile. I guess so. Inside a child's body because he's the oldest. Yeah, he's the the oldest one of all of them. And he he talks about being a a big man and a little man's body and stuff. Yeah, it's really strange. And and that whole whole thing about him trying to turn uh, Caleb's sister, Sarah, yeah, into a vampire as well is so... It's so dark and so fucked up and yeah. so weird. And yeah, you're right. It's like you watch and you're like, what the fuck? Is he is he a pedophile? Yeah. Is that how I fucked mean, up and depraved this is? He's older than Jesse, and Jesse served in the Civil War. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, Jesse calls him the old man. Yeah. So he's he's a pedophile for sure. I guess so. But then it, it's fucked up because he knows that Ugh, I don't know. It's like he knows that even though he got frozen in that body, he mm-hmm. still intellectually became an adult, I yeah. guess. I just yeah. I can't fucking figure it out. It's really weird. It is very strange. And his acting throughout the movie is is really odd too because yeah. even though he's supposed to be the oldest, he definitely still acts like a little kid for pretty yeah, much the entire movie. It does seem like he's stuck in that age despite having the experience and wisdom of age. Yeah. It's like he he can't act adult because his brain is a child's brain. Yeah, like he during the bar scene, he just like lays down on the table. Yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> when the waitress comes up and he rips that napkin. Yeah, he rips it at her. What like, the fuck uh, is that about? Yeah. I That's don't crazy. understand. As soon as yeah. he meets Caleb, he grabs him by the balls. Uh huh. He says, "My name's Homer." Don't H-O-M-E-R. mispronounce it. O-M-E-R. Yeah. Don't mispronounce How the fuck How do you, you mispronounce what? Homer? I get my, like, I thought about that for a long time, and then I was like, maybe homo? Maybe that's what he's referring but to. But then like, why would you grab a man by the penis if you're trying to assort, assert that you're not homo? It's oh. the wrong move. That is true. He did. He, that he's really sending some mixed messages, that homo. If I was trying to assert that, I would extend my arms as far away from that man's penis as I could. You see how far my hands are away from your penis? That proves it. That proves it. <laughs> I'm Homer, not homo. Obviously. Moving on. That's what I would say. That's how I would introduce myself that, if I was And you would have asserted your dominance. That guy would be like, don't fuck with that guy. Absolutely. He'll keep so. his hands very far away from my testicles. <laughs> Um, one thing we should note about Homer, the actor plays Homer, co-wrote The Final Girls. Yes, indeed. And we, this summer, covered The Final Girls. And we did in June for a month. Go check it out. Camp Slashers. Yep. For sure, man. Yeah. Rate and review on iTunes. Yeah. We've got May, who's our yep. main our main home girl there. She doesn't seem to have much of a personality. Not a lot of personality, that yeah. one. It's yeah. Weird. It's weird in a movie directed and co-written by a woman that... The main female character doesn't really have much of a personality. Yeah, her and basically her, her her person that she chooses as a partner, Caleb. Yeah, both pretty low on the personality yeah. aspect, but especially May. Like, yeah, I she doesn't really... have much to say. Uh-uh. She's, yeah, no, she she really is just like an exposition dump. Pretty much, like yeah. she just says all the stuff that we should know about the other vampires and about being a vampire. That's pretty much it. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And she chooses Caleb, which I can't figure out because... He's a dirtbag. Yeah, he's a fucking scumbag. Yeah. Like, whenever I watch this movie for the first time for the show, uh, whenever we started the show, 
as soon as it started, this is the first time I'd ever seen it. I was like, oh, okay, so I guess she's gonna kill this guy. Yeah, because and then he's we'll a get into bag. the movie. We'll be like, oh, they're a vampire. Yeah, because yeah. he's like super scummy and rapey, mm-hmm. like right out the gate. Like he just basically sees her walking around eating an ice cream cone. Yeah. Then is like approaches her outside of a convenience store. If there's any more redneck shit ever, (laughs) with his dumb ass redneck friends, Uh it just seemed like the worst. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, and he just basically sees her and like goes up and starts talking to her and asks to have some of her ice cream. Yeah, that'll get a lady right there. Asks to lick her ice cream. He's gross, dude. And then he takes, you know, he's gonna like take her home or whatever. And then is like, oh, I'm gonna go show you my horse. Yeah, and they kind of hang around he that for take, a while. He takes her out into the middle of nowhere. Yeah, gets her out of the truck with rope in his hand. Not cool. Tells her to close her Ladies, eyes. Run. Yeah, Fucking don't do run. any of this. Yeah, wait, hang on. Kick him in the balls. Unless this is what you're run. into. If what you're really into is is that. You're tied up by strangers. I, I don't know whatever. it's going to end up well. No, I can't but imagine it, but. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe he's a gentle uh, murderer. Have a safe word established. I don't know. <laughs> like, don't murder me. Yeah, maybe Please. that. But that whole scenario um, it's is really weird, yeah. highly unsavory. And then when she starts like panicking, being like, you've got to get me home. He stops the car and he's like, give me a kiss. Maybe you smooch on me first. It's like, yeah. no, fuck you, dude. No, seriously, like, take me home, though. Yeah. Yeah. He is super scummy. Yeah. Uh, and I like to see, though, in this movie how when it starts off, when he's still a human. Yeah. He's very confident. He's very assertive. Yeah. Uh, gross. Yeah. But he's he's confident. Yeah, but then as soon as the tables get turned and he gets nipped, yeah, he's he instantly a little bitch. Yeah, he instantly has no idea what to do. He's constantly turning to her to yeah. get stuff done. Cause yeah, there's this huge reversal. He can't provide for himself. She does the providing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And he's a stranger in a strange land at that yeah. point where he's like, oh my God, I ain't never had a woman provide for me before. We should point out, that Catherine Bigelow obviously knows and is letting us know that yeah. he's not a good character. Right. Because from the beginning, he's wearing a cowboy hat and it's black. The old black hat. Now, Catherine Bigelow knows this and I know this and you're about to know this, everybody listening. Yeah. That a black hat in a Western means you're a bad person. That's the bad guy. Right. Yeah, Catherine Bigelow, uh, Columbia Film School graduate who wanted to make a Western. Yeah, she didn't accidentally knew. put him in a in a black hat. She right. knew what she was doing. So yeah, the, he's not supposed to be good. No, but he he ends up being not bad enough to be a vampire, which right. is almost like at the end of the movie, like he's a failure mm-hmm. at being bad. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is like his chosen path. Like yeah. I'm gonna be an asshole. Oh, these assholes are more asshole than yeah, I am. But I can't really do uh, it. I don't want to hang. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It's like you don't know fucking bad. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty interesting to see. And, and that's a cool thing to me about this movie. And again, maybe one of the reasons why it was kind of a flop to a lot of people. There's no hero in this movie. No, there's no hero. Who's the good guy? Nobody. Who's the fucking good guy? Like maybe the dad, the dad and the the sister at best. But they they're just barely, seem like normal people. They're just normal people who want to save their their son slash brother. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like there's really nobody in this movie that is out to just do good. Yeah, you know. 
and and I think that's really really cool to see, especially in this era of so many like you know popcorn flicks and sure, stuff like yeah. that, which are very just good versus evil. Yeah. This is a lot more of a gray area mm-hmm. of of a movie. It sure I, is. And I think that's cool to see. Now it's also got a ton of awesome awesome set pieces. Yeah. In this movie, yeah, there's a couple of scenes in particular that I think about when I, I remember this movie, like the bar scene. Oh my god, which it's is so easily brutal. the best part of the movie. It's the best easily part the best of the part. movie and the most brutal part of the movie, and one of the most brutal parts of any movie I've ever seen from the '80s. Yeah, definitely. Like it, it, it amps violence and and terror. Yeah, like the feeling that you would like. I just imagine being in there. Oh, in that bar, seeing it all happen, and yeah. just like the way that everyone reacts is exactly how they would react. Which yeah, is, it's just like what the fuck is going on? Did she? She just slit her throat. Like, yeah, I don't know. What like surely the bar here. keeps gonna fucking do something. You yeah, shoot these people. Somebody's gonna do something. Yeah, but everybody just kind of stands around. Yeah. stunned. Yep. That's a such a badass scene, man. Yeah, and I love too, especially like whenever. Well, that's when Severin is really like. Oh, it's a, he's going completely fucking at nuts. At his peak, yeah. I'm gonna call you Mr. Pig Knuckle. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? He okay, so he kills, he crows like a rooster too. He crows like a fucking rooster, For like literally Peter no Pan reason. or something. Yeah. No, oh, Peter Pan was immortal. Yeah. Uh, also, goes the Lost that, that, Boys was about yeah Peter Pan. Okay, so that yeah. that answers that. I was like, why did you do that? Oh yeah, it's because yeah. Peter Pan was probably a vampire. Interesting. Yeah. Cool subtext. But like, so uh, he kill he slaughters the bartender. Oh yeah, like, dude. Dude cuts that, both sides of his neck with his spur. And man, when he's just hanging off of those pipes, yeah, and it's like you just hear the jingle of the spurs yeah. when these slashes appear on the dude's neck. God, that's badass. It's so insane. It's so badass. And he kills the guy standing near the jukebox, and it is it's sexual. And I don't, much, I don't mean yeah. like, I don't think that he's sexually attracted to the guy. Yeah. I think that killing for him is right. sexual. Right, 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 for sure. Yeah, he seems yeah. to get off on it. Yeah, yeah, like definitely. he, he probably before he was a vampire was already a murderer. Right. Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder because yeah. he's definitely cold as shit yeah. and clearly nuts. That feller from Terminators in the bar too. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. So with the guy at the bar or Yeah, the guy at the bar. That's that was, the guy okay. that like Arnold is like, give me a boot, your yeah. motorcycle. That's uh, that fucking guy. Holy shit. Yeah. I that, didn't know. That's also where Severn walks in and says, Give me a couple shots, whatever donkey piss you're shoving down these cocksuckers' throats. <laughs> like Is there any There's w- no way he didn't improvise all of these fucking he, lines. Yeah. I mean there's after no he way. kills the bar or uh, the guy at the the jukebox. Yeah, he's got blood all over his face, and he says, "Finger licking good." Like I know that was an improvisation there's no because way there's written. no way they wrote that. No, absolutely not. No, there's no way you could tell an actor they're gonna say that, and they would really believe. Right, I can sell that. Yeah, but Bill Paxton can fucking sell it if he's making it up and it <laughs> makes sense to him. Absolutely. So, yeah, that bar scene is nuts, man. Yeah, that's when we get you know. Uh, is it Jesse that like slashes her throat, the the waitress's throat? No, is it that's Diamondback. Uh, Diamondback. Yeah, he Diamondback's, Jesse has yeah. her sit down on his lap, and then Diamondback comes over and just fucking slits her throat. Yeah, and that that's cool too because like he asked for a glass, like yeah. a beer, and he's like, "I just want the glass." Uh huh. Yeah, like, what the fuck is he doing? Because he just needs a glass to catch the blood. Yep. 
It's so cool. They're man. all drinking on that. Yeah, it's... And all the happy songs are playing on the jukebox, too. Like, there's all these songs that oh, aren't, yeah. like, intimidating or weird at all. It's no, very it's just Tarantino-ish, actually. Exactly. Speaking of Tarantino, yeah. I thought the same thing. So I thought, man, there's no way that Tarantino wasn't inspired by Near Dark. I mean, the man wrote From Dust Till Dawn. Right. Yeah, which yeah, Which is yeah. obviously paying homage to this movie in a lot of ways. Yeah, for sure. But So I looked it up. I just looked up Quentin Tarantino and... Um, at Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. And I got this quote from Tarantino. He says, I remember when I saw Near Dark, I came home from work, working at the video store, and I took a piece of paper and wrote, Catherine Bigelow, queen of directors. No shit. Yeah. Like, he loves this movie. Wow. He thinks extremely highly of it. And this is like the era where he was working on the Reservoir Dogs and True Romance scripts. Yeah, see, that's what I was about to say, is like that scene where we get all this vicious violence and there's these songs playing on the jukebox that are yeah. like downright cheery and happy. Just like in Reservoir Dogs exactly. with the ear-cutting scene. Exactly, yeah. which uh-huh. was like five years later. That was in yep. 92. And yeah, you got stuck in the middle with you uh, playing while that guy's getting his ear cut yeah. off and stuff. It is exactly like the barroom scene Perfect. in this. Which, you know, I'm sure Tarantino will tell you the same thing. It's like a lot of things he does are tributes to... Oh, yeah. He's always paying homage. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's never trying to tell you that, oh, yeah, this is just entirely my idea. Yeah, because he he knows the truth that we all have to learn. That is... Everything uh, comes from something, sure. Everything comes from something. There's nothing new. We're we're all just regurgitating things from the past. It's how you say it. Every artist is a thief, man. Yep. Absolutely so. What about the murder montage where we get to see how all the vampires (laughs) catch their prey? Which is to say, don't ever hitchhike, (laughs) y'all. No, don't don't. hitchhike. Just don't. Um, Also, if you see a child like knocked over on a bike, just drive on. They're probably trying to murder you. Yeah, they're going to probably try to kill you. That's the most effective one for sure is Homer's. Because somebody's going to stop. Yeah. A kid fell off a bike, looks like he's, you know, physically hurt, in trouble. Yeah. Somebody's going to stop immediately. Definitely. Yeah, he's kind of the easiest one to lure people in. We got Severin using his, like, charm, which I kind of wonder if that's kind of a hint that these vampires can kind of glamour people. Because he's just standing on the side of the road, like... yeah. Being well, he's, all, he's, like, dude. he's like whipping that gun around and all yeah. kinds of stuff. And yeah, these like, well, it's these babes that pick yeah. him up that are just instantly into him. So I wonder if that's true. Yeah, that has to be some sort of glamour. Because, like, yeah. yeah, no matter how cute he is, he's acting weird. Oh, <laughs> yeah. absolutely so. Yeah. yeah, but he just pulls them in and gets them right away. The thing with Diamondback and Jesse is really cool, too, because, like, they just pick up this guy, and then it's like they're going to get held up, and then it's kind of like they're both maybe just these like, guys are going to rape Diamondback. Yeah, they're they're hinting at it for sure. Oh, uh, more than that, yeah. dude. Fucking, he sticks his, like, gun down her boobs uh-huh. and stuff. And the whole time, they're both just smiling. Yeah. Like, it's they, like... They've been there and done this so many times. Almost too easy. Like, yeah. they would have just killed the hitchhiker guy. Yeah, totally. But now it's... They're also killing somebody who was going to try to kill them. Right. It's perfect. But then May and Caleb get a lesson on how to drive a truck. <laughs> Dude, that guy that, that ex- picks them up that's like totally just he's great. jacked on trucker yeah, speed. Yeah, he's all over the place on trucker speed. But he, he does uh, teach them how to drive an 18-wheeler. And how to not drive and one. And how, how to jackknife it. Oh, the things comes, you learn. Which comes into play later. <laughs> Which is, I mean, admittedly... <laughs> Some weird foreshadowing. Yeah, if, like from a writing perspective, it's bad. Like, they could have easily just had 
Jesse uh, at the beginning driving like a big truck from the farm. Yeah, sure. Maybe there, there's some uh, yeah. kind of connection there. Uh, yeah, and then like later when he's driving the truck, you're not thinking, how can he drive that truck? You know the thought no one ever has in a movie? Sure, The only yeah. people who think, how can he drive that truck? Truckers. Because they know it's not easy. <laughs> everyone it's else, job. Everyone else just thinks it's just driving. Right. They know it's actually difficult. It's almost like they got a note from somebody who came to see the movie, and he was like, man, I'll tell you what. He wouldn't just get in that truck and be able to drive it. Yeah. And they were like, fuck. All right. Uh, let's include a scene earlier where a person tells him how. I'm pretty sure that same person was a consultant on Jurassic Park whenever Lex is using that computer system. <laughs> that guy was like, man, she wouldn't just be able to hack into that thing and yeah. operate them doors. Yes. Like, oh, it's a it's a Linux system, and she's a hacker. And he's like, all right, that, that pretty well. well say that. It. Yeah, have, have say, say words. It. It's a Linux system. I know yeah. this. Uh-huh. That way, yeah, I understand. She knows how to turn them doors. By the way, I love that Annie Linux. She's got her own system. <laughs> I didn't know about this. <laughs> Linux <laughs> created by the great Annie uh, Linux. Clearly, obviously. of course. That's awesome. What about the motel shootout scene? That's one of God my favorites. Damn, that I mean, that's Fucking the mo- awesome. That is its most western point too. Yeah, definitely. Like that is as western as it, it gets. I but like yeah. when it turns into the freak on a leash video by Corn, <laughs> and there's all the light holes. Yeah, and there's the beatboxing. The beatboxing, of course. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one. Boy, the things we used to listen to. What the nineties were weird. Just confusing. It's so weird that like they've yeah. come back in the past few years. Kind of sort of, yeah. yeah kind of sort of. Mm-hmm. I love that motel shootout scene, though. So man, great. Where, you know, it's like it's not even. Here's the cool thing about it too, because it's been addressed early in the movie, like in the barroom scene. Bullets don't fucking hurt these people. No, they can yeah. get shot point blank range. It doesn't yeah. matter. But the bullet holes. Yeah, because they let the sun in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so like these, becomes like basically a laser beam. Yeah, exactly. And these cops don't understand it. It's like they're trying to shoot at them when it's like, in reality, if they just shot the windows and shot holes through the walls and stuff. Yeah, they would win. Yeah, exactly. And it is, you know, again, you could, you could nitpick and stuff here because Caleb gets out. He gets in the van and, like, drives it through the wall. Yeah. That's definitely letting quite a lot of sunlight in. Sure. Yeah. You they, could nitpick. Yeah, you could nitpick that, but, like... Honestly, uh, a small hole fo- focuses more light than a large hole. Mm-hmm. So okay. the, Plus, that would diffuse the light and the, the dust. Up. It would get in, you know, it's a brief period of time. But yeah, if you're a real stickler, you'd be like, yeah, this is going to be worse than... But yeah. it's a real cool fucking scene. Like, Yeah, definitely. It, it just reminds me of something. Actually, almost like... Like, the way she directs action in this, and particularly, it's that shootout scene and the scene where they kidnap Caleb at the beginning. Right. You can see she can direct action. Oh, like, for sure. she knew what she was doing in directing this. Like, she was going to let people know, like, I can direct action. I love the final uh, kind of scene in the movie, too, where, you know, it's after Caleb has, like, gotten well. He's not a vampire anymore. Yeah. But the vampires are still after him, and they have that final kind of kind of stakeout in the town which results in Caleb being in the truck Severin is on the hood ripping all the stuff yeah out of the that's engine. awesome him just ripping wires and shit out of the engine and I'll tell you too man leading up to that there's that part where I care if it's Severin or Jesse like shoots the truck driver in the head Severin Severin does mm-hmm. it 
dude, that headshot that hits the driver—it's perfect—is fucking awesome. It's it looks not like, so convincing. It, it does, yeah. and it's not like a Tom Savini maniac head explosion with a shotgun kind of thing. Yeah, it's pretty subtle. Where the truck driver just like, I'll give you to the count of five: one, two, four, and then he has this huge red mark on his forehead, just, and he's boom. out. Yeah, it's so sudden and jarring. And again, it's it's that kind of violence that makes this movie. You know, again, set apart from a lot of other 80s vampire flicks. It's just gruesome and, and brutal in a lot of ways. And I love, too, man, whenever Severn is on the on the hood and stuff there, and he's, yeah. he's like, all burnt up and shit, the makeup is fantastic. When he's, like, halfway burnt, you know? Oh, yeah. It looks badass. It really does. Yeah. I would say, like, each of the burn effects all look great and then the stunt associated with the burns yeah like for instance whenever uh caleb is getting in that van like that that is a long burn like that that's not man is on fire for a long time yeah it's a good in the van yeah still on fire still on fire he's on fire (laughs) he wasn't even doing downtown just dunks it he's got big head mode on yeah playing Mm -hmm. as bill clinton Mm -hmm. and that kid yeah. Why didn't they have Bob Dole? Like, if Dole had been oh, one of the right. characters, that would have been yeah. fun. Do you know how they did the effects whenever, like, he's Caleb's, like, walking through that field and he's smoking and stuff? Yeah. It's really dumb. Did you read what about did they it? they do? So, apparently inside of his jacket, there were, like, five lit cigars <laughs> that had tubes leading out <laughs> of his, like, pockets and stuff. That's the best way they could do that. That's insane. Isn't that stupid? It seems like there's a better way to do that. Like dry ice, anything. But they Ooh, instead put five lit cigars. Cause some issues. Yeah, five lit cigars could cause even They're more lit. issues. Yeah. It's not good. Mm-hmm. But that's what they did. I mean, Got it the looked job done. good. It did look awesome. Yeah. Now, one thing I don't exactly understand, though, about that whole truck scene with Severin and stuff. Uh huh. Why the fuck does that truck explode? Uh, well, like if it. You know how if, like, somebody bumps into a car too hard, it just immediately explodes? Wait, is this during any other time period or the 80s? The 80s. Oh, okay, then it explodes, obviously. Yeah, in the 80s, like... Oh, got it. Yeah, so, like, because it was jackknifing, of course it caught on fire and exploded. Sure. You know, that truck was definitely carrying explosives, probably. It had a bunch of Ford Pintos in the back. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I'm gonna gotta take you. these pentos. Gotta get them crushed. Gotta get them out of here. They're gonna explode. I'm gonna reach back to something that I remember recording in that first lost episode. Oh God! I'm gonna tell you, you devil. What, I'm pretty sure that truck was an inside job. Jesus. Inside job. Listen. Okay. The whole thing blows up, uh-huh. right? And then he just conveniently finds Severin's other spur laying just outside of the site of the wreckage. Isn't that a little convenient? Isn't that kind of like finding the passports of those like 9-11 hijackers? <laughs> you know? What what temperature does truck fuel burn at anyway? Is it That's hot enough true. to burn a vampire? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> truck fuel's not hot enough to melt a vampire. Exactly. Everybody knows that. We've had Everybody our top knows. physicists talk about it. Everybody knows. Now, I will say one thing about this movie is that the whole thing is really, I think, 
accompanied by and carried by that absolutely fantastic soundtrack by one Tangerine Dream. Tangerine Dream, everyone's favorite. They uh, a soundtrack, the soys of a tangerine. Band. Band yeah. thing. I think that the soundtrack on this is awesome, man. It's maybe a little bit... I don't know. I'll put it this way. It might be a little too much because there's barely any parts in this movie that don't have a soundtrack. Like the soundtrack is constantly, constantly going. Yeah. There's no like quiet moments in the movie at all. Not really. really. There's pretty yeah. much always at least some synth kind of sustaining out behind you basically at all times. So I don't know. I think the soundtrack is maybe a little overbearing at times but yeah i like it i think that it's cool. it's interesting for a western for yeah sure. that's very true you, i think it fits a vampire movie yeah but, but for really a western, western it's like what yeah you expect more of a soundtrack like Pumpkinhead had or something, sure right? yeah exactly all harmonicas uh-huh. and acoustic guitar and stuff yeah the soundtrack in this is like all synthesizer yeah it's super 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 80s but i think that it really works i think that it really works and it, it works too because a lot of the Acting and dialogue in this is kind of unnatural and weird, but it's in a way that I like because it reminds me of a lot of European horror movie yeah. stuff. Yeah, there are a lot of lines in here and deliveries at times that it's like, that is off. Yeah. But it does remind me of, say, a Giallo film or something like yeah. that. Where it's like, people don't really talk that way, yeah. but I'm on board all the same. Sure, yeah. sick, and the soundtrack is filling in the gaps. Exactly. You know, this is one of those movies that I do wonder what it would be like with a different soundtrack because I think it would be oh man vastly different. Yeah, if you gave it a more western soundtrack, yeah, I that might still be work, corny. but it would be yeah, like the lines would come off as more corny than yeah. menacing and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think so. What do you think about the special effects in this flick? I think they're fucking awesome. They're great. Yeah, it's all practical. It's yeah. it's all uh I mean, when people are are burning, they're they're either they either got cigars in their pockets or yeah. they're actually on fire like the the whenever Severin cuts that guy's neck. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah. It looks great and they just show it briefly, real quick, mm-hmm. just the the secret to good practical effects. Show it briefly, show yeah. it in the dark. I like Yeah, it's all great. It all looks wonderful. Yeah. Well, I mean, were th- was there anything in particular you were thinking of? Well, here's the only thing is that apparently on some transfers of this, you uh-huh. know the scene at the very end whenever Homer gets out of the car and he's yeah. like burning and stuff? Yeah. Apparently on some transfers, that looks terrible. Oh, I did notice it. It is, it is early sort of CGI. I mean, it's not it's not all done on computer. It's probably more of a double exposure type of thing. I think that's what it is. Yeah. But on the DVD copy that I have, it looked it looked pretty fucking yeah, cool. Yeah, like I, I felt on the high quality. Like I saw, I saw it also DVD quality. Like, yeah, it looked fine. I to thought me. that looked good. Yeah, yeah, but apparently on some transfers, like Blu-ray and stuff, it, it can look, look real bad. As good, but to me that was that was fine. I, I mean, I don't know why they didn't just set a child on fire. Yeah. That would have been easy. And it was kind of refreshing too to see that they didn't do the obligatory, you know, thing where a person opens their mouth and the fangs pop out. <laughs> or they talk awkwardly through having fangs in their mouth and they yeah. talk really awkward. Like they didn't even deal with any of that shit. Yeah, like, fuck it. They just, just don't have fangs. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the fang thing makes no sense. Right. Like I get, I get with a wolf, uh, a werewolf because it's a full transformation. Yeah, totally. I'm I'm willing to buy into it, but because if the transformation is just suddenly 
two of your teeth get a little bit longer and sharper. Like, yeah. Why? But sometimes they retract. Why too. wouldn't they always be like that? Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm pretty on board with that stuff too. What do you think about some of those like uh, edits, like some of those wipes and stuff? They used to <laughs> the, the wipes. Movie. The Star Wipe. The Star Wars Wipe, yeah. <laughs> um, those are probably an ode to Kurosawa. And, you know, oh. Kur- Kurosawa wrote Seven Samurai, wrote and directed Seven Samurai, which was the basis for Magnificent Seven, one of the you know most popular westerns of all sure, time. Sure, yeah. Uh, I think maybe some of that, but there's no way Catherine Bigelow didn't know that. Yeah, those wipes are associated with Star Wars. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. There's, yeah, there's absolutely no way, dude. I like this movie. Yeah, me too. It's great. I think that it is a cool, overlooked vampire flick that uh-huh. I think that more people should see. Again, like everybody that I know has seen Interview with the Vampire. Everybody I know oh, has yeah. seen Fright Night and uh-huh. all these other kind of classic. Yeah, this one flicks. is one that a lot of people probably haven't seen. Yeah, no, I don't know hardly anybody that's seen this movie. Yeah. Which is which is weird to me because it's so perfectly eighties, it's so it's so cool in how grimy it is. I love yeah. how grimy this movie is. It's very grimy because I love that it shows that like being a vampire would fucking suck. It would like it would your suck. entire life would be slaughtering people. Yeah, and you're always eat. on the run because murdering You've people. You've been murdering yeah, people. Yeah, it's illegal and immoral. You know, yeah. but these people are cursed slash blessed with immortality and most of them seem like cold bastards or maybe they've become just so cold-hearted because that's just what they have to do to survive and it doesn't well even yeah matter. i mean you would have to become cold to humanity if they were your food yeah well and, and that too you know again goes back to the whole drug addict thing where if you're on that shit it's like it does not matter yeah you don't care about people no you'll you steal from your best your friend fix, yeah. it doesn't fucking matter Yep. Yeah, exactly. You lose all sense of morality and loyalty yeah. whenever you just have to get your fix. Yeah. And that's what this movie is is like. It portrays vampires more as drug addicts that are constantly on the fringes of society, living that nightlife, drinking on that blood. They love the nightlife. They, like they the love boogie. to boogie. Burning them RVs. Doing all kinds of stuff, man. Burning them RVs. That is probably a a huge it's portion of, of what parts. a vampire does one of the at night, parts, yeah. to be honest, for sure. <laughs> I think that it's really fucking cool. It, yeah, again, it's, great. It, it's weird. It's very over the top in a lot of ways. A lot of the acting and stuff is, uh, yeah, again, not really how humans act, but I no. buy it at the same time. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it works. I mean, honestly, if you talk to drug addicts they act not how humans that's act true. like the stuff they say is like good point sometimes uh, it depends on what drug they're on right but sure. you know i mean someone who's on a stimulant is gonna say a lot of things over and over and over in their head and then mm-hmm. say it out loud like and it it's not normal it's not how people talk <laughs> right yeah yeah he might say something like first you gotta give me back my spur then i'm gonna kick your tonsils out your asshole how about them apples? How about them apples? He might say something like that. How about them apples? Or maybe somebody on drugs might say, I'm going to get my wet dream, boy. Yeah. Why does yeah. he say that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get my wet dream, <laughs> boy. boy. That's what? A strange thing to say. Oh, Bill. Very strange. Gone too soon, man. Yeah. R.I.P., man. Yeah, that sucks. A- I can't believe he's gone. It really does suck. Yeah. What do you think about this thing? How are you writing this thing? I would say this is close to my favorite vampire movie. Wow. For sure. Wow. It influenced From Dusk Till Dawn, but I think From Dusk Till Dawn is better. Okay. But I don't know. 
maybe from Dust Till Dawn is better because the like this this has high level acting, but the acting of from Dust Till Dawn with George Clooney, you know, uh, with Tom Savini, Tom Savini with Danny Trejo, etc. But I mean, uh, Juliette Lewis and and like the acting yeah, in that yeah. is higher level and the writing is higher level. Sure, but it, it brings the same sort of thing that this brings, which is fun. To vampire movies. This movie is brutal as shit. It's dark, too. It's yeah. dark as hell, but it's also fun. It's more fun than watching yeah. another, like, oh, vampires are so sexy. Type yeah, of movie. romantic and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like, you know, we, we've done, lo- we've covered Lost Boys and Fright Night on here. I yeah. think this is better than both of those. Wow. I understand that somebody might disagree with me, but in this case, uh, I I would stick to my guns on it because this this movie has the this movie conveys the feeling of what it would really be like to be a vampire. I think. Right? Yeah. It doesn't glamorize it. It le- it lets you know it's it's like eating meat, but the meat is people. people. Yeah. Yeah, and that's scary. So I really like this movie. I think Catherine Bigelow did a great job. It has its flaws for sure. Sure. Some it's of the perfect. acting is subpar, or maybe. That's what they were going for was some sort of unnatural line reading or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't really like that. Um, some of the stuff is not wonderfully written, specifically the truck driver scene. Like the the feel, yeah, the, the need they felt to explain how That's to drive, drive a truck is just like, yeah. it's and, and like, why does May like Caleb? Yeah, there's no reason there's for May to like Caleb. No there, there's, no, there's no, nothing initiates that. It's no. really just... They were like, well, if if sh- they had a girl that liked the boy, then the boy the would story stick would around work. and the story would work. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why she likes him. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> if she doesn't, the story doesn't work. Right. Um, but so she it, shouldn't like him because he It's sucks. got its issues, but man, it's it's really high up there for me. So I'm going to say I give this movie a seven and a half. Seven and a half? Seven or? and a half. I understand that, man. Yeah. You know, I think when you compare it to... Again, other 1987 flicks. Yeah. I think that, I think that the Lost Boys has the edge for me. Okay, just because it's so fun. It is very so fun, fucking yeah. 80s, yeah. and just has so much iconic shit in it. It's got the sax, dude. It's got sexy sack, man. Uh-huh. It's got Thou Shalt Not Kill. Thou Shalt Not, not kill. kill. It's got all kinds of stuff in there. It's just so memorable. <laughs> the Frog Brothers. The oh, come Frog Brothers. Yeah. But this is a way more realistic interpretation of what being a vampire would really be like. And again, I love all the drug addict analogies and stuff. Very memorable characters in this. Uh huh. There, like, there's a ton of vampires in the Lost Boys. I don't fucking remember what they. Uh, one are of called. them is, is Ted. Yeah, one of them's Ted. The other ones are just a bunch of hunks. Yeah. But in this, it's like everybody truly does have their own story, has their own character arc, and so on. So I really dig the fact that this has a lot of very memorable performances in it. And again, the soundtrack and everything is dope. I think it's great. Yep. It's like you said, there's things that don't work. Sure. There's some things in it that are kind of clumsy, kind of clunky. But I think it's fucking awesome. I think this movie's like an eight. Boom! It's like an hour and a half, too. It's short. But it builds such a world. It builds such a mythology in such a short time span. It's something that I think is really... Really, really, really great to see. And if you're a fan of vampire flicks or 80s horror flicks, you have to watch this movie. It's fucking great. Now, 
Ben, I just have a question for you that I think is very important Hit for all of us to think about. All right. Soldier Boy. Yes. Anybody ever go after him for stolen valor? Ooh. It's a good question. He wasn't a soldier. You got a point there. I hadn't considered that. Ooh. <laughs> Run tell that. <laughs> did he say that? I don't know. I don't think so. I think he maybe. did. I'm pretty sure he did. Soldier Boy, tell him. Well, Steve, what are we going to be covering on the podcast next week for a second week of No Vampire? What? We're going to be covering Toby Hooper's classic Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot. You guys voted for it. So yeah. if you were yard, we're going to. Stephen gonna... King's Salem's yeah. Lot. This was a TV series like It. Right. So uh, if you haven't seen it before, don't be surprised when you see that it's three hours long. It's a big one. It was a mini series, two episodes. Right. Uh, it is big. I haven't seen it in a long time. I like the vampires in Salem's Lot, though, because they are not attractive. Yeah, I remember watching this a long time ago and enjoying it, probably yeah. thinking it was a little bit long. But yeah. honestly, there's a lot about this that I don't remember. Yeah, so we're going to be we're gonna be refreshed I when we come so. back next week, finding out if we actually do enjoy this movie. We're going to find out. So be sure to tune in next week for that. In the meantime, you guys be sure to... Rate and review on iTunes. It makes such a big difference to us. It takes us many hours to do the show. It just takes you a second to write a review. He Shot. didn't even write that song. He just came up with that off That's the top improv. of his head. Fucking, All improv. Fuck you, Miles Davis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's stinging from that one. Uh-huh. 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 Hey, you can always catch us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. You can. At Dead Lovely Pod. Yeah. We have a Facebook group, Dead and Lovely Horror Movie Podcast. Yep. And guess what? You can email us at deadandlovelypod at gmail.com. They sure as hell can. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to check out new uh, YouTube videos on our YouTube channel, Dead and Lovely Horror Movie Show. Show, yeah. Look us up. You'll find us. Follow yeah. them links on Instagram and stuff. You'll definitely find us. Check out those videos and subscribe and all that shit. Thank you guys so much for listening to tonight's very intoxicated episode. <laughs> I think if we don't wrap this thing up, the sun's going to come out yeah, soon. Yeah, it is, and we're going to burn. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's beyond four in the morning now. It is. <laughs> it is. This is the latest wrap-up ever for the ever. show. But it's been a pretty damn good time. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. You guys have been great. We have been dead and lovely and we from now on are going to call you guys mr and mrs pig knuckle good night bye bye